Hello everyone and welcome back. It's been a little while. A lot of things have happened in my life recently and I just had to take a little break to get something sorted and settle into some new routines. It's looking pretty good right now and I've been really excited to get back into making videos especially because I've been getting so many lovely comments from you all and of course there have been more maps in my PO box such as this one here this wasn't my initial plan for a new video I wanted to start with maybe Amsterdam or some of my vinyls but I thought this is just really really fascinating as a topic and I hope you enjoy it as well so this is a map about the Arctic Ocean that I got from Fred thank you so much for sending it to me it's from the National Geographic magazine. We've looked at some of the maps before. They are really, really wonderful. There's so much detail in them, so much information. It's definitely worth taking a bit of a deep dive here. And of course, you might notice it's a bit of an older map. It's in really great condition though. But there are some political entities that do not exist anymore, such as the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics up here. Some of the names have changed, such as Leningrad. And of course, there's also some terminology that has been updated in the past 50 years. Can you believe it? As to how much is still correct in terms of uh, geography and for example the information on the ocean floor I'm not too sure, <laughs> that's not um, my forte but I think it's worth looking at it nonetheless because it's just a really interesting view at this region So, what are we looking at here? I think this might actually be worth getting out our brush. So we have the Arctic Ocean and you can see that right here in the center in white, we can see that the ocean is frozen. So we have an ice covered pole here. Around it, there are the different seas of the Arctic Ocean. 
and of course, also the land masses. Let's have a look at this. So, we've already said on the one side, we have the northern Russian coastline. So there would be Siberia. With the White Sea here. Murmansk. The, I think, biggest city here in the north. Then we get to the Norwegian coastline here in Scandinavia. Finland and Sweden. Don't quite get all the way to the coast. We have the Norwegian Sea and then we get to Iceland. Then to Greenland. And then to the North American coast. So there's Alaska here with the United States and then here the many many islands of Canada. It's the Queen Elizabeth Islands and I think Buffin Island is separate from these but I have to be honest this is quite an intimidating region to talk about so many details. In terms of connections to the World Ocean, we have the Bering Strait here between the US and Russia, which opens into the Bering Sea and to the Pacific. On the other side here, between Norway and Greenland, we have a larger connection to the Atlantic with the Norwegian Sea and the Greenland Sea. And you can see here there are some currents that you can find on the map as well like the Norway current moving up here, turning into the North Cape current the Spitsbergen Atlantic current over here There's quite a lot of detail in this You can see here the northernmost town on Earth on Svalbard, which is part of Norway, there would be Nyålesund right here. We also have some Russian islands like Novaya Zemlya, Franz Josef Land. Here we have the Northland Islands 
new Siberian islands. And of course, there's also a differentiation between the different seas. So, let's see, we've already mentioned the Norwegian and the Greenland Sea. We have the Barents Sea, the Kara Sea, Laptev Sea, East Siberian Sea, the Chukchi Sea, the Bofor Sea. The Bofor one is quite an important area of the Arctic Ocean. This is where new ice is formed. So you have water coming in and then turning into a gyre here, just called the Bofor gyre, where water then often turns for many, many years and slowly building up this thick multi-year ice that then kind of spreads out over the Arctic. I saw some info there earlier, but there's kind of so much. It's difficult to keep track of it. I think it was this one. So it says here, Fritjof Nansen of Norway purposely put his ship from into the ice near the New Siberian Islands in September 1893. So that would be close to this part. And he was hoping to be carried across the pole by the winds and currents of the Arctic Drift. So it's not just here in the Beaufort Sea. There's a drift across the entire Arctic. In 1895, Nansen and one companion left the ship at 84 degrees north and sledged towards the pole. There we go. They turned south to Franz Josef Land and were picked up in 1896. So Franz Josef Land being here. At the same time, their ship Fram broke loose from the ice near Spitsbergen. So over here. The ship's three-year drift made possible the first detailed investigation of the Arctic Ocean. So they left the ship here in the ice and over three years it moved to Spitsbergen. So it took a while. The ice is moving quite slowly. What I also found really interesting about the Arctic Ocean is that there are different layers as with most oceans but this one's a bit unusual. You would think that the top layer is the warmest but in the case of the Arctic the top layer is actually of a lower temperature and it also has lower salinity so it's closer to fresh water and the further down you go 
the more salt you find in the water, the denser it becomes. And that's why it sinks below, even though it might be warmer. That fresh water that informs the top layer comes from the different uh, rivers that lead into the Arctic. Here on the Canadian side, we have the Mackenzie River. Named after Alexander Mackenzie of the Northwest Company, who canoed down the river, now bearing his name, and he reached the Arctic Ocean on July 12, 1789. I have also seen the Yukon mentioned, although it's further down into the Bering Sea and not directly into the Arctic. So also here the highest point in North America, uh, the Denali on Mount McKinley. On the Asian side, we have, uh, let's see, the Lena. And I'm not sure they're on here. There's also the Yenisei and the Oop. Let's take this a little closer. I might be here in this region, but I think it's cut off, so we don't see the two rivers. The Yenisei coming from Central Asia, so quite a our journey to the north. We also have on this map the Arctic Circle, of course, right here. The Arctic Circle is where you would see the midnight sun in the summer months and on the other hand you would have a polar night in winter so the sun wouldn't rise at all of course the further north you go towards the pole the longer the polar night and the midnight sun last right at the north pole it would be half a year here in Spitzbergen, it's already a couple months as well. Quite a long time, quite dark right now. And then from the Arctic Circle, so in this area, a bit further south, you have the White Nights. So there's a twilight um, during the night. It doesn't get entirely dark. That's what you would have, for example, in Oslo or Helsinki. I think it's also always quite fascinating on these kinds of maps when you compare um, sort of the climate conditions in, for example, 
Scandinavia, like here in Helsinki, to Alaska or northern Canada. It's quite a bit colder here, I think. And all the bigger cities in North America quite a bit further south. Reykjavik too, here in Iceland, it's really far north. So let's see, what else do we have here? This is really fascinating here. We have Greenland. With an ice cover here. Across the center of the island. And I didn't notice, but it says here Greenland resembles an ice filled bowl rimmed by coastal ranges. The ice cap, a great flat dome crevasse on the edges, covers 700,000 square miles and in places it's more than 11,000 feet thick. In the center, its weight has, de has depressed the ground surface 1,200 feet below sea level. If melted, the ice would raise the level of the world's oceans about 20 feet. So you have the land here around the ice on the coastal parts of Greenland actually being higher than the ground here in the center. We're gonna see that in a minute. One more thing I want to point out before we flip this map over. Um, so we have the North Pole here. But if we go down here to Uthia Peninsula, we can read that the magnetic pole actually once was here. It says, the Earth acts as a giant magnet whose lines of force enter at the North Magnetic Pole and emerge at the South. In these areas, the magnetic field is vertical and the compasses become useless. Both poles move slowly in a northwesterly direction. The North Magnetic Pole was on Uthia Peninsula when James Clark Ross first located it in 1831. And if I'm not mistaken, James Clark Ross was also part of the Franklin expedition, which you might know about. Uh, there was a series a couple years ago called The Terror, which I thought was really good. It says here, much of man's knowledge of the Arctic was gained in the wake of tragedy. Probing for the elusive Northwest Passage in 1845 to 1848, an expedition under Sir John Franklin reached Victoria Strait 
for his ships Erebus and Terror were frozen in for two years. Unknown to the outside world, the entire party of 129 men perished. Futile rescue efforts during the next decade led to the charting of thousands of miles of shoreline in the Canadi Canadian archipelago. Many of the region's geographical names are those of men who attempted to find Franklin. So, you see it here, the Northwest Passage, uh, the Franklin Strait. So it continues here. At the time, this was all frozen, even in summer. Of course, today the situation is quite different. The Arctic ice cover is shrinking really fast and we might actually be seeing an ice-free pole in something like 10 to 20 years. But I think that's a topic for a different kind of video. Let's just flip this map over for a moment because I think the other side's also really interesting. So what we see here is the Arctic Ocean floor. So without any eyes, without any water even, though it's still colored in in blue. We can perfectly see here what was described with regards to Greenland on the other side. Here in the center we have this depressed ground that lies below sea level. And Greenland itself kind of stands out here. You know, kind of just encompassing this depressed center. We can see the different islands peeking out the sea. The New Siberian Islands, yeah, I thought this was really interesting. I haven't been able to look it up, that they're called Anjou Islands. Um, Anjou is a region in France that was at the height of its power in like the early modern period. So. I think a bit before the Arctic was explored. And what we can also nicely see here are the continental shelves. So there would be these corners right here. And then at the center there's the North Polar Basin, consisting of two parts. The Eurasian one and the Amerasian one. And they are separated in the center by the Lomonosov Ridge. There's also a plateau here, kind of reaching out on the Chuchki Sea. You can see different abyssal plains. Smaller ridges. 
hand to also reach out into the Norwegian and Greenland Sea. And I think the lowest point should be somewhere here between Svalbard and Greenland. It's called the Molloy Deep, which is about 18,000 feet deep or 5,500 meters. But I can't see this anywhere here. It says 11,200, 11,600 feet. But maybe this is a deep that simply wasn't known yet at the time. So I think it should be around here. In general, the Arctic Ocean is relatively shallow for an ocean. It's also relatively small. It only makes up 1.3% of the world oceans. It is, though, the coldest and interestingly also the one with the lowest salinity. It's even been described as an estuary at times. So a body of water with brackish water because so much fresh water is moving in. And a lot of it is still unknown, like how this before Jaya works exactly and how it influences our climate. Maybe there are also a lot of life forms we don't know yet that might be hiding here somewhere in the Arctic bottom water at a depth of below 3,000 feet or 900 meters. That, by the way, is the densest water in the world ocean. So I think a really fascinating region. I hope you enjoyed this little exploration. Of course there are so many more bits and pieces here that would be worth exploring. But some of these we've already looked at in other videos. We've talked a bit about the Vikings moving across the Atlantic. We've talked about the question of where Thule might be, the strange island that was described a long, long time ago. And of course, there are some bits and pieces there would hope aren't necessary anymore. Like here, this distant early warning line, a 3,600 mile chain of radar stations. It stretches from Western Alaska to Greenland and 
it would give warning against any assault by air across the Poa Basin. So, some stories from the Cold War. And there's another little thing here. The important Viking trade center in the 9th and 10th century Novgorod, which we have also talked about. So quite a lot of info that we've already collected here. And a lot of things I wouldn't have known without this channel and without exploring it together with you. And I'm glad to have you on this journey. So, I will see you again soon. For today, thank you for watching and sleep well.